0: Uh, My name is John Carroll, I'm one of the pastors, actually, just kidding, you know who I am. Um, That's no surprise. I've been saying that for a long time, you know, and uh, four years ago, almost to the day, I stood on the stage and delivered my, man, my very first sermon at Hope Covenant Church. And if you recall, I asked if I could uh, take a deep breath and scan the room uh, as I soaked in that very special moment And so, uh, I'd like to do the same today. Thank you. Last week, Amber had a chance to share from the heart about what was happening in the early church uh, following Jesus' ascension to heaven and how that connects to the church today. Uh, It was a loving reminder about the priesthood of believers and the role that each one of you play here at Hope. Uh, Since I didn't get a chance to share last week, I also want to acknowledge uh, the wide range of emotions uh, that you're feeling and let you know that I am feeling them too. If you're sad or mad to see us go, I'm really sorry. Um, I know that it's not easy. If you're glad to see us go, you're welcome. There's a party next weekend. Uh, We are in a season of transition. And while we may not agree on the timing of this transition, there's one thing that I believe we can all agree on. Moving stinks, okay? Sorting through the things that you want to keep and the things that you want to get rid of. Um, Carefully wrapping the fragile stuff. Packing the boxes. Labeling them so that you know what's inside each box when you arrive at your destination. This has been an exercise to flex my OCD muscles. You see, each box is numbered with a corresponding list that itemizes the contents. And that way we know where everything is and we'll also have an inventory of our household goods in the event of a a hurricane or a house fire. And then our insurance company will get an accurate account of what needs to be replaced. I know, OCD, right? Years ago, I had a friend once tell me, John, you're so OCD that you're CDO, because the letters have to be alphabetized. A couple weeks ago, I was going through some old seminary stuff, and in the mix with my papers and writing projects was a flimsy journal that I used to jot my thoughts down. When I opened the journal, I saw an entry where I would add to uh, whenever something important would come to my mind. And the entry was entitled, A Father's Advice to His Kids. And there was common sense stuff in there like, wear sunscreen. And there was a little bit more strategic advice like, work to become an articulate speaker because text messaging is killing the English grammar for people your age. You'll stand head and shoulders above your competition when you go in for a job interview. Trust me. And while that's good advice, I hope every young person follows. There was a piece of advice sitting atop the list that's the most important. And it forms the basis of what I want to talk to you about today. It's my final advice as the teaching pastor at Hope Covenant Church. Are you ready? The most important thing you'll do in life. The most important thing you'll do in life is follow Jesus. How the disciple lives naturally comes out of who the disciple is. Dallas Willard said, the most important thing about a person is not what you do, it's who you become. You see, the goal of the Christian life is not strictly getting into heaven when you die. It's putting into practice the things that Jesus taught about and modeled for us, so that by the grace of God, you gradually take on the character of Christ. You live your life as Jesus would if he were you. One of the most wonderful perks of this process of character formation is getting into heaven when you die. But again, that's not the goal. Jesus never said, repent, so that you go to heaven when you die. No, he said, repent, which literally means change the way you think. It's this Greek word, metanoia. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is instructing us to change our old patterns of thought that influence our behavior so that we can open ourselves up to God's will for our lives, God's grace in our lives when we orient our lives to God's will, then the grace that brought it can begin to move throughout every aspect of who we are and what we do. You see, grace, okay, grace is God acting in our lives to bring about what we do not deserve and what we cannot accomplish on our own. But we are not passive in this process. We are commanded to put off the old person and put on the new. In Colossians 3, verses 9 through 10, Paul says this, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. In 2 Peter 3, verse 18, we're told to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is something for us to do. And although we cannot do it on our own, it will not be done for us. Being alive in Christ means that we do whatever we need to do so that we can increasingly take on the character and live in his power. The ultimate outcome of this process was expressed by the Apostle Paul. He says, whatever you do in word and deed, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Colossians 3.17. So how do we put off the old person in order to put on the new? That's a really important question for us if we're to experience character transformation. How do we put off the old self in order to put on the new? Well, it's a process that begins... With surrender, and I'll be honest, that's the hardest part, in my opinion. It's like going to the gym in the morning. You know, the hardest part is waking up at five a.m. Once you're out of bed, it gets a lot easier. The human will is hardwired for control, and almost always, uh, almost always involves self preoccupation. So, what's in it for me? What do I need to say in order to get what I want? Surrender puts us in a posture of saying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then really meaning it. And we pray those prayers in the Lord's Prayer. When God got a hold of my heart, I became really serious about devoting my whole life to the teachings of Jesus. The first step was surrender. Jesus talked about this all the time. In Luke 9, he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Wait, what are you saying, Jesus? I mean, I have to lay down the things that I want, that make me happy, that make me comfortable, that insulate me from the needs of others? that prevent me from doing scary things? Scary things that, um, the, that you're inviting me into? I have to die to myself in order to find new life in you? And Jesus is saying, yes. The Apostle Paul affirms this in the beginning of Romans 12 by saying, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Repentance, metanoia, change the way you think. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. These are convicting words. Offering my body as a living sacrifice sounds hard, that sounds painful, that sounds like I'm going to get into trouble, and in a way, it is. But in another way, it's easier because I've accepted the greatest invitation offered to humanity, and that's the invitation to kingdom living. You trade in your old life for a kingdom life. And when you live in the kingdom, it's a perfectly safe place to be. My friend James Bryan Smith says, The kingdom is strong and unshakable, where nothing, and I mean nothing, can separate you from the love of God. When God got a hold of my heart, I knew something had to change. Heck, when I saw the alternative, my old life wasn't even appealing anymore. And that's when I surrendered my whole life to God. God. I submitted to the Lordship of Christ. You know, a lot of people only know Jesus as Savior. And that's a good thing. But they forget about the Lord part. When I recognize Jesus as Lord, I'm learning to do the things that Jesus explicitly said to do. You see, it's complete nonsense to call Jesus Lord and not do what he said. That's nonsense. To ignore the teachings of Jesus renders his lordship meaningless in my life. But because I do accept him as lord, His his instructions on behavior are treasures for living life. Of course, I cannot do this just by trying, but I have to train. I must, through appropriate courses of action, become inwardly transformed by grace to become the kind of person... In my thoughts and my feelings and my attitudes and directions of will, who will routinely do the kinds of things he said to do. That's kingdom living. And it's the best arrangement for life on earth. So it's up to us to become kingdom bearers and kingdom bringers to El Dorado and the world beyond. This church. Hope Covenant Church is an outpost of the kingdom where God's will is done and God's grace is evident because of our belief in the lordship and the saving power of Jesus. Now, who has access to the kingdom? Because there was a day when the kingdom was reserved for people who had money and health and political influence and social status and intelligence. In the ancient world, if you didn't fit into those categories, you were told the kingdom was out of reach. But then a man named Jesus stepped onto the pages of history and flipped everything upside down. He said and did things that changed the powers of that day. He taught with authority and healed people and loved the unlovable. And there were people who hated him for it. So they made him suffer in unimaginable ways and sentenced him to death on a cross, a price he paid for you and for me. And then he reappeared and handed off his mission to a ragtag group of people called the church. And here we are 2,000 years later, and we're called to be the incarnational presence of God where we learn, live, work, and play. We're the ones who help those in the dark see the light of Christ. I'm running out of time, so here's my imperative to you. The most important thing you'll do in your life is follow Jesus. So, repent. Change your mind. Surrender your life to Him. Die to yourself so that Jesus can live in you. Take up your cross daily. Make him your Lord. Put into practice the teachings of Jesus into every corner of your life. And watch how that changes you from the inside out. And then, help the people around you. Family, neighbors, classmates, coworkers, strangers. Experience kingdom living now. It's the greatest invitation ever offered. And we might be tempted to exclude certain people from the kingdom the same way that religious leaders did that in their day. So I want to close with... So I want to close with one final quote from Dallas Willard. Surprise. In his book, The Divine Conspiracy, where he details who has access to the kingdom of God. I think it's one of the most powerful and thought-provoking statements he's ever written. And I want to say that if you feel like you're not enough, you've sinned too much, you've hurt others, you've hurt yourself, if you've made such a mess of your life that you believe that it's beyond repair, I've got news for you. It's not out of reach. There is good news of the gospel the kingdom is at hand, and you can experience it right here and right now. And here's what Dallas says. The flunk outs and dropouts and burned outs, the broke and the broken, the drug heads and the divorced, the HIV positive and herpes ridden, the brain damaged, the incurably ill, the barren and the pregnant too many times or at the wrong time, the overemployed, the underemployed, the unemployed, the unemployable, the swindled, the shoved aside, the replaced, the parents with children living on the streets, the children with parents not dying in the rest home, the lonely, the incompetent, the stupid, the emotionally starved or emotionally dead, and on and on and on. Jesus offers to such people as these the present blessedness of the kingdom of the present kingdom regardless of circumstances even the murderers the child molesters the brutal and the bigoted the drug lords and pornographers war criminals and sadists terrorists the perverted and the filthy and the filthy rich can't we feel some sympathy for Jesus contemporaries who huffed at him this man is cordial to sinners and even eats with them sometimes i feel I don't really want the kingdom to be open to such people. But it is. That's the heart of God. If I, as a recovering sinner myself, accept Jesus' good news, I can go on to the mass murderer and say, you can be blessed in the kingdom of the heavens. There is forgiveness that knows no limits. To the pederast and the perpetrator of incest, to the worshiper of Satan, to those who rob the aged and the weak, to the cheat and the liar, the bloodsucker and the vengeful, blessed, 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 as they flee into the arms of the kingdom among us. Let's pray. Oh God, I thank and praise you for your radical offer to dwell in the kingdom of the heavens. How great it is to be loved by you so much that you'd give us our Lord and Savior Jesus who taught us how to die so that we may truly live. My simple prayer this morning is that we make Jesus the number one priority in our lives. May we invite him into every corner of our existence. And then God, may we remember that the church is your master plan. That we are the hope of the world. As we serve as your incarnational presence in the world, may we be kingdom bearers to people who are broken and lost, so that we may experience life and life to the full. What a privilege it has been to serve your church, and specifically this church. And I love them dearly, and I know you do too. So, would you make your activity evident in their midst, guide their steps, Give them confidence to know you will not leave them nor forsake them and that greater things are still to come. We pray these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.